after all the times I've sat over here. I'm sure one of the guests would have preferred that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, instead of our little CNN crossfire setup. Uh, Matt, to answer your question about going full 420, I did not. So I still have a, my cousin sent me, or my mom bought some popcorn through my cousins that is sitting in my house unopened. My mom was like, did you look at the note? I said, no. And she goes, why? I go, because if it's the package is open, a couple handfuls a night will get eaten. <laughs> so I'm waiting until wait until Saturday or Friday night to open that stuff. Smart move. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, the full 420 cent. Did you, you smoked, though, right? Oh, no. I smoked and snacked. I just didn't go like crazy. I didn't like order pizzas or this or that. Oh, yeah. Dude, I wanted to order pizza yesterday, but I ended up uh, just getting one from Trader Joe's, doing it in the oven. And uh, that thing set off the... Um, the smoke, smoke alarm? alarm for my entire building. No smoke. Just when I preheated the oven, full building fire alarm. So I jumped up there, and uh, you can brace yourself on the counter and the uh, uh, little like shelf things and pop out the battery. It's a communal kitchen. Uh, people should know that. But and then popped popped it out. It went off, and like two people came down, like super angry. And I just was sitting there reading my book, totally pretended I didn't even notice. Uh, awesome. <laughs> what time of day was it? Uh, this is the middle of the day. It's probably like three o'clock. Oh, yeah. they were super pissed, and they're like, "Well." That's a smoke alarm. And I was like, do you see any smoke in here? And she was like, there's probably smoke. I was like, oh, I don't see any smoke. And she was just like, well, you should open the window just in case. I was just like, bitch, get off me. I don't know. What were they mad about? Smoke alarms go off. Yeah. And she was just, I don't know. She, they just came down like super frazzled and freaking out. It went off for like maybe 10 seconds. And like they're super frazzled and like, you know, I don't know, man. Some people just have an intense response to negative stimuli. It is funny. Like, I've been in buildings where the fire alarm goes off, and I'll be like, all right, I guess I'll get out. But, like, when it goes off in your place and you're cooking, I mean, that's fast action. Like, waving yeah. stuff in front of it, <laughs> slamming open doors. Pops that window open. It hasn't happened in my, my newest place yet, but, like, like, the other day I was cooking, well, I was cooking one of those cauliflower pizzas with salami. Get it? I, I spiced it up. Nice. Uh, but, like, <laughs> I had the fan open. I had, like, all the windows cracked. It was kind of cold, but I was like, I don't want that alarm going off. Yeah, see, see that's... That's the difference between you and me right there. Maturity. You know what I mean? You've burned a couple of pizzas and like, yeah. you know, where me, you know, just young 32 year olds cooking his 700th pizza. Like I'm not there. When I, hit, I feel like when you hit the thousand mark, it's when you're like, all right, like you yeah, need to prepare for the worst case scenario. Mark of a man. <laughs> Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Storing the tits. Storing the tits. Storing the Storing the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast, episode 257. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? will be hosting this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me, actually, he's standing right here to the right of me. He's always here unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Shares the podcast with mixed results in early training as the summer of sex approaches. Ted and Cobb posting low numbers this spring, failing to beat talent estimates issued in the year-end guidance. Uh, call, have analysts, have worried analysts. Uh, Matt, getting it done with no plunger, and analysts from Goldman downgrading the boys from buy to hold. Should you pick up more shares, or should you sell now? We'll find out at 6.30. Oof, that's always the tough part when investing. One of them. <laughs> Timing. All right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting the studio all set up. Matt, comma, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, man? Awesome. I had a great poop earlier. Changed okay. my whole day. All right, all right. Yeah. You an afternoon pooper. Well, I guess that's a morning it's poop morning, for you. Yeah, but I had two today. One when I woke up and then another between jobs. Mm. Yeah, lots of fiber. Also, I noticed I say 
I'm between jobs. If I see somebody between working at the gym and working here at the station, like last night I went to the weed store and the guy's like, how's your day going, man? I was like, pretty good, just between jobs. And then he started like being like, man, I've been there. I know what it's like. And then started telling me a story about like when he was between jobs. I was like, oh man, no. Like I'm, like I'm physically in between my two jobs. <laughs> I, have, I have two jobs, not zero. That's a good, good point. How'd you phrase it? I'm between jobs right now. Yeah, that like, totally says I don't have a job, yeah, just, which is the opposite of what you have. And I, when, when he had that reaction, I was like, I've said that multiple times, and people always look at me weird. Yeah. That's like one time uh, uh, Steve Miggs, I forget what his wife, I think she was going to school or something. So there's a questionnaire, right, that he was getting a bunch of people to fill out. And it was just something about sugar or this. I, I don't know. But one of the answers I put was like, yes, my mom's a Coke addict. And he was like, hey, dude, like, what's up? Like, you're on. I was like, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. <laughs> dude, yeah, I always I, randomly, uh, a couple of my friends are really into co- uh, Coca-Cola. And I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, yeah, he's like addicted to Coke, you know, talking about yeah. caffeine and whatever. But, yeah. All right. So I have a couple topics I want to get into. Uh, but first, I, I preface this with Cobb earlier. Matt, you're familiar with the cone the dogs have to wear and how they look shameful in it. Yes. And you could tell the dog looks shameful. Yeah. So. Uh, ashamed. Ashamed, yeah. right? You just feel like you could tell the dog. Feel, right. He's the, he, it's not that he's shamed, but he feels ashamed. Yeah, right? for sure. For so sure. I feel like I'm wearing the equivalent to that right now. So uh, if you came to an event last year, you might have seen me like I have a black like compression sock, right? Because of these varicose veins. I'm trying to. So good news. Like we're about a month out for the surgery. Oh, Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah. I don't even know what the surgery is. They put in, well, you know, I know a lot about veins these days. You have two major veins, right? You have the deep vein, right? Which is fine. Sorry, about in your legs? Yeah. And then you, ha- you have the other one, what's it called? The superficial vein. Okay. So basically that vein is pumping blood down my leg when it should only be coming up. So then the, there's extra blood yeah, floating around. Veins pump pump blood back to the heart, right? Right. Arteries so this like, one, like the thing won't close, so it's sending it back down as well. Oh. So it's like pumping all this extra hard. That's why sometimes, like, I was like, man, sometimes this leg cramps up more. And they're like, yeah, because it's working harder. Uh. So anyhow, so then you get these varicose veins for the kind of like the the veins don't know what to do, so they kind of pop out. So they just look horrible, but they're not a serious health issue. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyhow, so he was like, all right, well, you got to get uh like a different. Uh, compression sock and this and that. So first of all, the the ones I've been wearing the last couple months underneath are thigh highs. So I had to get some new ones. And they go, just go up to the store here. And I forget, it was like a lady's name. I walk in there, it is a shop for old women. Like, literally, they have compression stockings and compression bathing suits, like compression bras. Wait, and you say uh ones, are you wearing both of them or are you going AI style with one? Oh, I'm AI style. Because my right leg's fine. That's okay. You said, yeah, okay. Well, because they have ones that pull up like pantyhose too but then you got to take them off every time you pee so i was like just give a good me. look yeah i was office. like just give me the thigh highs right so then the other problem is after the surgery you got to wear these for a couple weeks right sure. before it'll get back so then she comes in and she goes i have bad news and i'm like what's up she's like we're out of the black ones and i was like what and she's like we're out of the black ones and i was like damn it well i need them so i can get this surgery done so just give them to me but look i've got like the old lady oh no <laughs> That's why I said it's like the cone for a oh, dog. Oh, wow, yeah. That's awful. That doesn't even, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, so what, you, it's like a skin-colored tight, basically like a ballerina or someone would wear, right? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, or like an ice skater. Honestly, that doesn't even look that bad to me. Plus, you got long pants on. Well, I, it helps that I'm wearing the jeans, but that thing is up to here, man. Like, I need the black ones for the summertime. Are they that much tighter than what you could do with like a, 
uh, compression pants from like Under Armour or something? Yes. They're like super tight? Yeah. Like it's kind of a bitch to put them on and off. Dang. Shout yeah. out to women. Well, that's the thing. So, right. So then I go into the store, right? And there's like a couple of women working there. And then there's one girl that's like in her mid 20s. Of course, she's like, can I help you? Like, yeah. Cute. I mean, yeah. And she's like, right? And just because even at the vein clinic, I get to, all the nurses are like, you're a young guy to be in here. What's going on? Like, all right. I stand a lot. I have this vein. Uh, I have a similar story when you're done. Right. So it's just like the whole day is just, plus I was at this doctor's at 7 a.m. If you know me, that, see, Matt is shaking his head. That's so early. I've been That's up since nightmare 6. nightmare for Ted Smith. Been up since 6 a.m. today, boys. Audit. Uh, also, I found out today they have paper shorts for the doctor's office. What? I had a sonogram this morning. Dude, weirdly, they, wait, I don't even know what a sonogram is. Oh, is they use sonar? They use like, sound? Isn't that what they call, look or, at something? What do you call it when you look at pregnancies? Um, that's ultrasound. A, that's an ultrasound. Yeah, so I did the same thing on my leg today. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. There's two types of ultrasounds, I believe. One that is an image and one that heats the tissue beneath the skin. They use it in physical therapy sometimes. All right. Um, yeah. Well, dude, this one I had sound and color. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I had one of those. Uh, uh, yeah, I've experienced that. <laughs> so all right, so what they End gotta do is they gotta like insert a thing into the vein and like burn it from the inside. What do you mean by burn it? Like they'll melt it on the inside and eventually the it'll just go away. Oh, oh, you're saying they're like cauterizing it? Yes. Yes. Oh, That's exactly damn. what the doctor said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's like that, what you do if, like, dude, if 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 you get like a bullet hole, like old school, where they just like, oh yeah, where you burn, like, like yeah. The, yeah, that's cauterizing a wound. And then they got to take these little hooks. So I mean, it's it's easy, it's in and out, but yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a pain. Either way, it'll just be nice to have it done, so I can wear my booty shorts at Burning Man. Dude, that'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of getting stuff done by really attractive women, basically same thing. So for me, I had, um, I think. I think you know this, but I had a surgery for um, what's called a pilonidal cyst. And a pilonidal cyst is essentially um, a cyst that you get like underneath. So you know how your tailbone goes down and then kind of stops, like right yeah. kind of above your crack? So on the bottom of that, um, there, like if you like reached your finger and touched the, the actual bottom of your tailbone, um, there's a little space right there. And I had a cyst right there that grew, I guess, for a couple of years. So I had to have it cut out. But the problem is when you cut it out, It'll heal back together the same way, and if there and the cyst comes from uh, ingrown hairs. So the surgeon was awesome; he's a couple years older than me, so he had to split it, but then get it to heal like from the inside up, almost like a flower blossoms, right? Um, so because of that, though, um, it's likely that I would get one again. Is what he was saying. So yeah, every, same thing with that one on my neck. I've had it cut out twice, and then it, it grows back in like the same exact spot. Yeah. Yeah, so because of that, every once in a while I have to get my lower back waxed. So while I was down in Palm Springs this week, I was like, all right, like I haven't had time to get it done at work. Like, let's get it done real quick. And by lower back, I really mean like the bottom of my tailbone. It's basically my ass. So I go in and I'm like expecting it to be like some like old woman. That's what I talked to on the phone. Super old woman. I was like, hey, so you can, you know, like I'll pay for my back. But realistically, like what I need is like, you know, this sort of special thing because the surgery. She was like, yep, no problem, no problem. So I go to like this old complex and like everything's looking great. It's like, you know, for old women, it's like the old European style, whatever, something like that. I walk in, of course, of course, 
It's just like there's an old woman at the front desk and then just a bombshell blonde comes around the corner like, yep, you'll be with me today. My name's like, I don't know, something sexy, Stephanie, whatever. Like, come on back. And it's like, oh, man. like Help me with my hairy butt. Yeah. Dude, like, come on. I know. So, yeah. That was the same thing. I was like, yeah, of course I get like the mid-20s girl. Let me get the nude one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take two. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I was very adult today. So then I had some other time before my uh, second appointment down in Belltown. So I bought a new shell. It's getting to be that time. Shell? You know, just like an outer waterproof shell. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because gotcha. this time of year in, in Seattle, I always get stuck in this weird, like, I have a bunch of hoodies, and then I have, like, winter coats that are waterproof. But once it gets over, like, 60, like, yep. you're just sweating in that thing. And those days, they go, you know, it'll go up and down. Like, today's a good example. Like, it would be like this and then just downpour on you just for your five minutes home. Yeah. So that's why I was like, all right, we, we got to buy a real shell. Nice. Yeah. Shell layer. <laughs> shell season, lady. Get, getting stuff done. <laughs> Uh, man, I can't remember his name. It might have been Ray. Last week when I was walking to work, uh, a guy driving a beer truck that was specifically, uh, uh, Rainier. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was like walking by through my neighborhood and he was like, hey, Ted Larpon. <laughs> and I was like, nice. <laughs> nice. Dude, I've had a ton of people come through the popcorn shop, actually. It's been fun. I, we probably had like six listeners in on Saturday. Oh, no um, kidding. A couple in on Sunday. Yeah, it's been dope. Yeah, Ron, I'll send you your popcorn. I'm sorry. I haven't done it yet. I've, I've, I've said it to Cobb like three times. He's like, just come down to the shop, and I'll give it to you, and you can send it off. And I'm like, yep, Ron's our listener from Belfast. Oh, okay. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, get the shell layer. I'm like, I'm so adult. I'm going to go to actually use my doctor and, <laughs> and, and get a jacket for a city that it rains a lot. Yeah. Grown-up stuff. Grown-up stuff. Honestly, yeah, when you said grown-ups, like when you were alluding to doing adult things, I was like thinking you went down, like paid some parking tickets, you know, just like dealt with like maybe filed some taxes. <laughs> no. My one buddy called me like the night before tax day and he goes, you didn't, you didn't do your taxes, did you? I go, no. Nah. And he goes, don't sweat it. I already filed the extension like last year. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. I'll see you in a couple months. Not this year, Satan. Yeah, I'll see you in October. <laughs> That's what like, my guy just knows at this point. Like, we, don't, we don't speak until like, September. Yeah, he, and then when I called him back, he's like, yeah, dude, it might have been like two days away. He's like, yeah, it's two days away. I got you. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're stressed at that point. Like, they don't want to have a conversation. Yeah, somebody was telling me something. And they were like, oh, I was supposed to hang out with my friend, but they blew me off. And it was like three days before tax day. And I was like, well, what do they do? And they're like, oh, they're accountants. <laughs> so you can't be mad at that person. It's like what are you the, doing scheduling yeah. anything? Like That's like the busiest time it's of year. Super Bowl. Yeah, like you're lucky he was going to come out to meet you, period. You're lucky he texted you back. Yeah, dude, I had the same exact thought. But this person expects that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. I'm pretty pumped uh, for businesses for quarter one. Like April 30th is the cutoff that you need to do your thing by or whatever. And I just started mine like, you know, within this last quarter. And But I got an appointment at H&R Block for this Saturday, the 27th. Three days nice. to spare. Nice. Yeah. Pretty, pretty well, pumped about it. That's one thing, you know, and this isn't a bad topic to talk about, but it's like stuff like, I don't know, like is every habit a bad habit or is part of it just who you are? Like I said to somebody the other day, like I should be better about cleaning certain things. So I'm like, I'm just a slob. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and then it's like, it's like I'd rather, like I found a cleaning service, like I'm just going to pay them to do it. Like I'm not going to clean that tub. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, yeah, as far as is every habit a bad habit? No, there's also a lot of good habits, but I know what you mean. Y- yeah, I didn't phrase that correctly, but um, I'm just like, I felt weird saying I should. And they were like, do you like to clean? I was like, no, I hate it. 
And I was like, I'm just kind of a slob. And they're like, all right, like if you want to, to make yourself feel better, but you know, like saying like, I should do it. It's like, that's not really a great motivation. Yeah. Shoulds are really dangerous. I mean, yeah. like I could cut my own hair. I've done it before, but like I pay a guy cause he's better at it and it's not that expensive and it looks better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like on the other side, some people that are OCD, like they're not annoying. They just can't help it. Right. Like things have to be in their spot or this or that. You know what I mean? And they can't like let it go. Whereas like I can walk home to my house. It's kind of a mess. And just like, yeah, whatever, man. feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's part of a trait conscientiousness. The sub traits are uh, industriousness and orderliness. And some people are super high in orderliness. And so they need things to be like, you know, very orderly. Those people file their taxes in January. Yeah, right? I just <laughs> I was like, did you get your return back? I was like, I just filed an extension. Like, <laughs> return? Yeah, exactly. Dude, exactly. And everyone exists on a, on that spectrum somewhere, you know, but like, yeah, hell no. Well, it's like, also funny. Like, I used to be a janitor, and my floor was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, somebody was paying me to clean. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and it was my job. So, of course, I'm going to do that well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when I get home, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I cleaned the inside of my car the other day for like the first time in probably eight months or something and like just felt so good about how clean it was. And I was like, a lot of people just like live like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pat myself on the back. Like most people just maintain that. And then, um, yeah, so I don't know. I was toying around like, do I want to keep my car this clean? Like it doesn't really bother me. Am I this guy now? Like I lean into my own chaos. I'm okay with it. Yeah. (laughs) I keep keep two boxes – of soda water, two 24-pack boxes in my back seat at all time, one for empties and one for fresh ones. I love it. Like, I mean, that's just a good call. Yeah. I will say, I think you were one of the first people I knew that always had bottles of water in their car. Same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or no, maybe, Denise yeah. Cobb pro tip. Yeah, maybe, oh, I, maybe I got it from you. Yeah. But like that that one I always like because it's like you, sometimes you just need some water. Yeah, seriously. You can't be buying them for like $5 at the gas station every day. How do you guys yeah, feel they're about like the, three bucks for a whole thing at yeah, the drugstore? Yeah. How do you feel about the tiny waters? Uh, how tiny? You know, like the ones, the little uh, like circle ones that eight are like ounces. Talk about smaller than that bottle right there. Yeah, I don't even think they're eight ounces. They might be like six. six. Or yeah. I mean, uh, that's a complicated topic for me. Go ahead, Matt. They're uh, just frustrating for me. Why? Because it's not enough it's water. Not enough. Yeah. Remember last They're year? They're not very meltdown? functional for a hydration standpoint. And like, I don't know. I have a little. I have some concerns about single-use plastics in general. That's what I was going to say. Is the I have some concerns about single-use plastics in general. But generally speaking, I think most people's concerns are overblown. We can fit almost all the garbage made in like a ten-year period in a relatively small hole in like South Dakota. But. That's so like that's so obnoxious, so obscene in that water to plastic ratio. Yeah. It's really tough to get behind people putting like a cup or a cup and a half of water into a plastic bottle that can only be used once. So like at that point, it's almost just like like our our species reached its pinnacle and then we got greedy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I can't get behind them. I understand why people do them, but I'm pro single. I, I don't even want to say pro single-use water bottles. I drink a lot of single-use water bottles. I can't go that small. It's so disappointing I, I when, you, when you're when you in a situation and you're like, oh, I'm ready for a bottle of water, and somebody tells you they have bottles of water somewhere, and you go back and you find those. Remember, I screwed it up last year at Meltdown. I only had those tiny – I had a couple flats of those tiny ones, and we were just like rifling through them on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, just not enough water. I mean, look, my mom buys them. Ratios. Right? But my mom, like – she, she'll order five Coca-Colas and, like, not even drink half of each one. You know what I mean? She, she's not going to put down a lot of volume. So for her, that water is a perfect size. But when I stay at her house, I wake up in the middle of the night, 
And I like chug one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, like chugging more, another one. Yeah. My man likes to handle, hammer some volume. Yes. And then the only, here's another reason I know I'm old, besides wearing this leg compression sock all the time, <laughs> is I thoroughly enjoy unsweetened tea now. Are those well, called leg compression socks by anyone else? Is that just like your cool euphemism? That you no, doing? that's what they're called. <laughs> All right. Trust me, four hours of my day was this today. <laughs> just trying on different ones. I had on two a couple pits, like athletic gear. Yeah, so I'm picturing him doing like a couple moves in the mirror. Like, oh yeah, I can just yeah. <laughs> it's to cover up the tats. It was funny when I was putting it on. She goes, "Oh, you're strong." <laughs> what? She goes, "Most of the people are elderly. They can't get them on that easy." <laughs> All right. Well, thirty-eight. I'm not, I don't want to brag. I think I'm a little stronger than the average elderly person. Can confirm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. God damn it. I, wait, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, those little bottles. Right. Yeah. So I also like unsweetened tea now. I started drinking it and it's like, oh, like this will be good. There's not as much sugar in it. But now I just like it. And sweet tea tastes like somebody's pouring sugar in my mouth. Yeah, I like unsweetened tea with a little bit of honey in there. Yeah, That's so my move. so my mom's house. I wake up one night and there's only tiny waters. And I'm like, oh, nice tea, and I go to pound that, but it's sweet tea, and like I'm kind of dehydrated. Like it just it was a bad night. Yeah, oh, so I just went face underneath the sink. Old school, man. That's, yeah. that's my move. King County's finest. Gotta get it. Yeah, we have great water in the Northwest. People people poo poo drinking from the sink, but man, if you're gonna do it anywhere, do it here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, technically, Maine is the best water in the state. I can see that, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I know, um, what's it called? Had a, their bottling plant up there. Uh, Nestle had a bottling plant up in Maine. Or it was in Vermont. I just saw one of those. Remember that show, How the States Got Their Shapes? No. So it was a show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds cool. You would like it. Matt, you would really like it. Because it's perfect for guys like us. Like, no offense, but like stoner, maybe a short attention span at night. So basically, like, each hour episode is like four states and they break it down. God, what is that guy's name? If I said the actor's name, you know exactly who it is. Uh, but when he was George in. George Sukalos. What's that? George Sukalos. The aliens guy? No. Okay. So when they were in Maine, everybody's like, it's best water, best water. So he, like, gave all these Mainers, like, a blind taste test and they all were like, yep, that's the Maine water. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a large areas of that state that are uh, aquifers. Have um, you seen that um, that orange documentary yet on Orange Soda? No. It won, like, documentary of the year. It's, like, seven minutes long, but it's really good. And it's just about orange soda? Yes. Oh, man, I wish I could remember the name. I'll try to Google it real quick. But, um, yeah, uh, Bill Murray voted it. I think it's his, like, favorite documentary of all time or something like that. It was, it's awesome. It was made by a couple of guys at University of Texas. Is it pro or against orange soda? I, I don't want to say. I don't know that anybody can be pro. There's a lot of 12 sugar. Sips to Glory. That's what it's called. All right. 12 all right. Sips to Glory. It's six minutes and 32 seconds long on YouTube. Highly recommend. Just for a, for a laugh. It's, a, it's an enjoyable little feature. Brian Unger. What's that? Is that the guy? That's the actor. I'm going to need to see a picture. Yeah, I'd have to see a photo. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh. That guy? Oh, okay. He's been in a bunch of shows. Yeah. If you saw him, you'd recognize him. And he like on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he was like the a-hole lawyer. I, I should say he was lawyer. the yes. lawyer. I shouldn't say he was the a- asshole lawyer because they were always assholes. To yeah, him. no, he was a hilarious, <laughs> uh, level-headed, only level-headed regular character in that show. Yeah, as right. As far as I can tell. Man, that's funny. I love some orange soda, too. Yeah, Do you guys they... like grape soda? 
I haven't had it since I was a kid. And I feel like I only, when I was a kid, I mean, I don't know if there's expensive grape soda, but I had like the really cheap grape soda. So tough to appreciate. I feel like probably not, but I'd be willing to try it again for sure. All right. Dude, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, orange soda is great, but like a lot of people like orange soda, but I, I, grape soda is good. But that, I can't tell you last time I had one. I like them both, and shout out to the Fanta girls. Ooh, all right. All right. Let me ask you guys this. Why do you think our taste buds change throughout our life? Oh, because a lot of them die. Right. I mean, wait, they die? Yeah, a lot of your taste buds die off and stuff. That's why kids okay. struggle with like onions because it's such a powerful flavor. But as you get older, you you're like, oh yeah, I like this now because the the more powerful the flavor you can take. Oh, it's uh, reducing your total volume. I think that's how it works. That's interesting. Yeah, because why, like, why do kids like McDonald's so much? That's pretty flavorful, isn't it? Or is it salty? Not flavorful. No, like compare. I mean, no offense. Like I like McDonald's, but compare like. McDonald's and then take a kid to go get sushi. Like sushi's going to be a lot more flavorful, more nuanced. Yeah, more for sure. Yeah, their yeah. palate isn't developed. Yeah, but what does huh. the palate developing mean as far as it relates to taste buds? That's a good question. I'm well, pretty yeah, sure they a- die off because I, as a kid, I couldn't stand onions, and now I put onions on a lot of stuff, even raw yeah. onions. Well, yeah. they certainly they certainly great. change, no question. I think that's well documented. Yeah, I didn't know if it was dying off because like mustard for me was too uh, acrid, and now it's it's fine. You know, still hate it. But yeah, you know, what I was wondering about is, or what I was thinking, I guess, was I wonder if it's like some sort of a, um, you know, because obviously like a lot of stuff comes about via humans evolving over time. And I was wondering if our taste buds change based on what we need at that stage in our life, i.e. when you're young, you love like sugar and fat and salt. In middle age, you like fat and salt. And then as you get older, like vegetables start to taste better and greens and stuff that's going to like keep you going for the long term. I, don't, I have no idea. There's literally zero back in that. I was just laying in bed thinking about it. Well, there's also acquiring tastes like exposure to, I heard someone talk about it with oysters, but I notice it with my clients all the time with vegetables. Exactly what you're talking about. It's like they, yeah. they country heard... music too, weirdly. Really? Yeah. I, it was okay. an acquired taste for me. Okay. I like it now. Haven't acquired that one yet, but people say that about beer too. So like, how does the exposure to things change it too? I feel like that's yeah. probably a factor somewhere in there. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Cause I know with beer tasters also, they get, um, palate fatigue. And so, for like beer competitions and stuff, the beer that ends up winning usually to the average man is not going to taste good at all. But the people's palates have been so fatigued by hops that they need something really, really hoppy in order to taste it. That's why all those hardcore beer drinkers always like like super dark, crazy stuff that you're just like, what? It's like a double oatmeal, whatever stout. I bet there's a cool Mm -hmm. YouTube video on this stuff somewhere. Yeah. If there's not, there should be. Yeah. I think repetition helps though too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, like Matt was saying, like there's just certain things in the last year and a half that I've eaten more of that I just like. Yeah. Like, like my that. body kind of craves it now. Dude, and especially in the summer too, you'll notice. I mean, at least for me, I know like fresh vegetables in the summer, like with a little bit of dip or something. There's times where I'm like, wow, that's what I really want versus, you know, whatever other stuff that I used to like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so pumped for berry season. I got two. Ex- I went to a, a smoothie place. And I was very excited. Um, just we were just like the girl. I ordered a thing, and the girl like asked me a follow up question. Which like you do that, you're opening up a conversation to me. And we're at a smoothie place. Big and, mistake, ho. And <laughs> and so I just started talking about how much I love fruit, and I love living in Ballard. Because wait, 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 I'm sorry. We got to back up a little bit. 
You ordered something from somebody that they're going to make for you. <laughs> no, I ordered it from the other guy, the guy at the counter. And then this other girl that was like behind the counter but not didn't help me and didn't go make it. All right. Well, after the guy and I like made the order, the guy went to make it. And then, and as I was just going to like chill out, she engaged conversation and asked me some, you know, a lot of times people just ask random small talk questions. I don't remember exactly what this one was. All right. All right. I was just picturing like the guy was just like, do you want like this in it? You're like, <laughs> oh, That's no, a no, follow up like, question. Let me tell conversation, you. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, well, my weekend was all no, right. She had no need to talk to me. She all opened right, the right, conversation that, that makes door. More sense. I jumped right in, and we're talking about smoothies, and I'm talking about how excited I am for the farmers market. And to, do you want a straw and, with and this? Strawberries. Actually, there. you know what? Me and my friends do do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, check it out, Lark Pond. <laughs> Would you like to know what's maddening? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got like I just got really excited and I realized like wow I am really like having a like I, I just got worked up talking about how great the strawberries are at the farmers market and everything and then um I just kind of she referenced her like her husband was in the store and I didn't I just realized as soon as she like like everything flipped and I was like oh damn did it seem like I was hitting on her cuz I got too excited talking about how the the short season of strawberries at the farmers market like that's a genuine passion for me but he had a look of like why are you talking to my wife like that and he was holding their baby and i was just like it felt real weird all of a sudden but i was just what was the card i gotta know what was her question or was it just random small talk just yeah yeah it was like how's your day going or whatever and i figured she was just bored at work and i started talking and like we got to talking about strawberries and she likes going to the farmers market too and everything and i was was she attractive yeah, she was all right. Yeah, I mean, like... For somebody that just had a kid? Yeah, like, it was a new... and That is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even, like, thinking <laughs> what about it's worth, it. Even in the studio, both <laughs> we didn't want to laugh out loud. Nobody wanted to laugh, but come on, that's an all right joke. Yeah, no, we it's, all it's said a it. joke. I, I just got there, like... I didn't like, even, ooh. like, notice, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, she did. She wasn't, yeah, but I took it too literally, but yeah, that's a good point. I wish this was done live in front of a studio audience, so a hu- like a nervous hush just could have fallen on the crowd. Like, oh, he said it. He said it. <laughs> like, where everyone wants to laugh, but no one wants to be the first. It's like that bad end of a movie. You were all thinking it. Yeah. All right, I said it. Oh, Tyler man. Smith got me with one of those when he was in with the Susan Jones line. He's like, don't, you can't mute laugh that. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so you're hitting on the guy's girl. Oh my god! If I as soon as he like interjected himself or she referenced him or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, that's your husband and your newborn baby." I could see how this looks wrong. Like I just really love that farmers what market f- and strawberries. What flavor smoothie? Uh, that time I got the peanut butter and jelly D- with the banana. Berry. With the banana, huh? Oh, that's what she said. She's like, oh, you like the PB&J? Is that what you always get? And I was like, I don't usually come in here, but I just really, you know, I like protein and I like berries. And then they just, like, went from there. And, yeah, I just thought she was just being a nice, like, it was just good customer service. And I was, in a, a, like, a passionate about strawberries customer. And then I was like, that dude thinks I was hitting on his wife. For sure, I'm going to get out of here. Well, I'll say this. If you're having a conversation about berries, yogurts, smoothies, and they go out of their way to mention that they have a husband or a boyfriend, I feel like she was feeling... No. Threatened is not the right word. 
she was she was feeling the the heat. He interjected himself. Like she said oh, something. He's like, wow. "Oh, are you talking about so and so? Like someone that they knew?" She referenced like somebody in there, and he came in like, "Oh, oh I know." Yeah, no, he interjected himself. Damn, I'm not. So admit, she he, was feeling it, and he but, wow, because it was mm-hmm. a harmless conversation. Yeah, I, I'm just an idiot that, that has like real conversations with people when they're working, and yeah. But then I was like, "Oh, I can see how that you thought." You should see me in every other place I go in public where somebody actually wants to initiate conversation because that's just how I am regardless of what you gender they are or what they look like. No. Yeah. yeah. She wanted it. <laughs> I can go. feel the heat coming off her right now. I feel the heat from those biceps from here. <laughs> Christ. I, I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me that maybe she was flirting with me, although that would be really weird if her husband and new father... I mean, look, you're talking, you're talking yogurts. There's some texture thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking berries, sometimes used in code for balls. Man, like Also used in some sexual foreplay. Wow. Yeah. Sensual. Yeah. I, I had, get it. Man. And the thing is, you never know why someone's flirting with someone else. I mean, I think that... I think many people in this room and who listen to this podcast have experienced times in relationships where either the other person has intentionally made them jealous or vice versa. So, you know, maybe it was, maybe you were a pawn in a much larger game, my friend. Uh, That's a good point. It didn't dawn on me. My girlfriend, it was the weekend before my girlfriend left for three weeks for Alaska. I was just like, I was not in like. No, no, we're not saying you did anything. We're just saying, yeah, no, I was so like oblivious and like innocent for once in my goddamn life. And and then I like, when he introduced himself or interjected, I was like, oh boy, that went. (laughs) I can see why he's. Well, that's the thing. Maybe, you know, I mean, let's just go out on a limb here. You know, she had a baby. Obviously, like, she's feeling a little down about herself. Maybe he's starting to look for love in other places. She's missing the attention. She decides, hey, he's sitting in here. Got this nice strapping young stud, big old biceps. Maybe it's my (sighs) time, you know? Take a little, just. To get him back interested in me. We pursue I, that which retreats from us. I hope you know? it helps. You know, I so, feel I feel kind of baited. It was an unnecessary conversation from the get-go. And I was like, cool, let's yep. have a nice like customer service interaction. Cool, I'm in. And then I was like, the guy's been in here the whole time. That you're striking up conversations with me with your husband in the room like that. Like striking up conversations. It sounded like it practically turned into a hand job. That's what I heard. <laughs> so you heard Ted? What'd you hear? Fucking berry season. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy this summer, boys. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wet t-shirt contests, boats, champagne. <laughs> Telling you, Wild. it's the summer of sex. <laughs> As I said, that I looked outside. It's just gray and gross. Like, well, maybe not. Maybe next year, boys. Well, given a previous conversation we had before one of the podcasts, say like after a big game, like yeah, the stock report was right on. <laughs> all right, all right. I do want to move on, but I got to get to one more thing. Uh, two. Th- I got a few things to get to. Dude, we got time. I got nowhere to be, man. All right, number one, make sure if you haven't, if you get a chance, come down and see uh, our buddy Tim Lewis. He's fighting this week down at uh, Emerald Queen Casino for Cage Sport MMA. I'll be emceeing that. Uh, always good time. Come say hello, and uh, hopefully we'll see Tim get another win there. Yeah. Second of all, uh, me and Rowan have been texting about this a bunch, but I want to recommend. <laughs> God oh, damn it. I told go. Matt about it go. last week. If you like Trailer Park Boys, that is the caveat to this, then I highly recommend you watch Hardy Bucks on Netflix. It's a bunch of dudes in a little town in Ireland. But me and Matt were talking on the phone last week, and I was like, you do like Trailer And he's like, yeah, why? And I was like, is this show is dumber than that? So you got to like those kind of comedies. 
I felt like Trailer Park Boys was awesome. Oh, then you should yeah. watch Hardy Bucks. Trailer Park Boys and Always Sunny are like two of my all-timers, and they're just both idiots. <laughs> just, I don't know what that If you hear my me, voice but... talking about Hardy Bucks, the first like couple episodes are very strange, but in the end, you're going to like the Viper, man. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's see another note uh, whether you're working out and losing weight or not if you order stuff from India it's going to be snug the jersey showed up it's <laughs> the tightest XL I put on in probably eight months yeah international sizing you know. I know it's Southeast Asia but I just was like there's no chance I need a double but I got home last night the Punjab Kings 11 jersey was there I strapped it on I was like I can get away with it, but it's tight. You got into it, though. Oh, yeah. And you, but it, you feel like you could get away with it as in wear it outside the apartment. Y- yeah. I yeah. mean, it'd have to be a place where it's a lot of friends. Or yeah. like under a hoodie you or something. You might not be comfortable yeah. You can do like a partial open. Yeah. That's another move, too. Okay. Yeah, under yeah, the hoodie. But. Dude, I, I fell deep down into the rabbit hole of researching teams, and I'm more torn than ever. There's a lot of good obscure teams out there in the T20 cricket scene. Well, we had another friend that texted me one night, and he just goes, hey, man, who's the cricket team you like? And I was like, Punjab Kings 11. And then he's like, all right, I'm sitting here with an English guy. He wants to know why. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of weird people that like cricket, shout out to my, uh, I have a new neighbor from Zimbabwe. Wow. White. How about? <laughs> he sounds like a Brit. And I'm like, yeah. where's your accent? And he's like, Zimbabwe. And I was like, all right, you sound British. South Africans, I noticed that with yeah. too. So the uh, next question, I go, do you like cricket? I do, mate. <laughs> so I come into the bar Friday night and oh. find Ted, and he's just talking to some guy from Europe about from Manchester. Manchester about fucking cricket. Like I don't. I was like, I don't think Ted knows this guy. I think this is just an, a typical Friday night for Ted. Just a couple of cricket fans in a bar making international cricket conversation. Correct. The man practices what he preaches. You're <laughs> yeah. living the life. And I respect it. Well, that dude, he's English and he walks in, right? And he orders something. Then he goes, do you have Miller Lite? Like, I want a Miller Lite. So I just, I can't help myself. He's sitting right (laughs) next to me. And I go, you know, you mind my asking, like, where's your accent from? And he's like, Manchester. And I go, up north, huh? And he's like, yeah, the north. I was like, Miller Lite. Like, I'm an American. I'm like, I love Miller Lite. You like Miller Lite? And he just goes to this thing of, like, American beers get a bad rap. And there's a lot of light beers. But he thinks Miller Lite had more taste. And I was like... Dude, you have no idea how funny that is. I go, I, I go. When I was, you know, when I've been to Europe, I drink your stuff. But I was like, I go, all right, another question. And I asked him about cricket, and he goes, I never have Americans ask me about cricket. And that's when you walked in. We were just getting into it. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. That's what's like. All right, all right. So four twenty was this past weekend. I can't decide if it's a real holiday or not. I'm celebrating it as a real holiday. It was a Saturday, so I had this blunt. That's, that's called a blunt. It's but as it's, real as Easter the day following. No. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays aren't real, man. They're just in your mind. Or whatever we make them. Yeah. What was the big weekend? I think Passover was Friday or started on Friday, 420 Saturday, Easter Sunday. Busy. <laughs> right? Like Somewhere in the Bronx, there's one dude that hit all three holidays. <laughs> <laughs> in the Bronx. Or maybe out in Queens. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so before the... <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Action Bronson. <laughs> so before this, I started talking about the palm leaf blunt. Oh, so yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. All right. So I say it's a blunt because it's wrapped in big leaves and it's 
but there's no nicotine in it because it's a palm leaf, not tobacco leaf. So even if you smoke a blunt, there, obviously you take the tobacco out, but the leaf still has tobacco, nicotine. Right. So that's, yeah, that, okay, nice. I'm glad you brought that back full circle. Yeah, that was what I was saying basically when we sat down to talk is I was like, okay, I was like, that's not what my definition of a blunt was. Mine of a blunt was, yeah, basically what you were just saying now rather than the, so you're, you're talking about a palm leaf with just marijuana in it, correct? Correct. Okay. But yeah, it's the what, size of a blunt. It's rolled like a blunt. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And to me, a blunt obviously is like, you know, a swisher or something like that split open, everything emptied out and then we'd put in it, but you still maintain like, you know, it still maintains probably like a 10 to 90 ratio, a little bit of tobacco in there. Right. There's not a ton of p- tobacco, but it's in there. Just yeah. A, yeah. Just, you know. If you could find those palm leaf ones though, man, they're kind of pricey, but they are awesome. Yeah. They, they, pricey? Hit, they hit so smooth. Uh, what are you smoking these days? I'm not. I'm not. Depends. You're not on the, paying for it. That's, the, a, that's the sound of things. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the shop you go to. <laughs> God, we got emails over there. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Hardy uh, bucks. <laughs> Good hey guys, back. it's Alfie. Just a short response to last week's email about What's pursuing jujitsu full time and making it work financially. Uh, You all hit the nail on the head. I will be coaching a few classes a week, making money through private lessons with students from my kids' class. Uh, There are also... uh there are also the potential for sponsorships that bring in a few bucks. And overall, like Matt said last week, uh, being creative. In the end, I don't want to end up 40 years old looking back asking, what if? That thought scares the hell out of me. So until I have to, I'll be hustling hard to live the dream of doing what I love for a living. Thanks, fellas. P.S. It might help that I pay very little rent and my total bills equal about 500 a month. Alfie. Hell yeah. Oh, that That's definitely impressive. helps. Yeah. That's seriously impressive. Uh, good day to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Is Ted the, oh man, voice in the Double Flush Productions <laughs> plug at the end of the men's room? Oh. Yes. Is it me? It's, I assume it is. It's old, but yeah, right. I think that was, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Man, that's horrible. I don't even know. It sounds like it. I've heard yeah. it before. Yeah, the end of the men's room. I got to be honest with you, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Usually I'm like closing out stuff. Like, yeah. all right, did my job. Like, I'm saying I think because I think I heard you guys reference it like 12 years ago when I was listening or something. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. All right. Uh, also, do you guys have uh, experience? Have you had the experience at the gym where you get a public locker and you lock it and then someone puts their stuff in the locker right next year's when there are plenty of others not so close to other people's stuff? This yeah. happens regularly at my gym, and I get guys coming back in to grab stuff, and we're in each other's space. Yeah, I, I will say this, man. J- Matt, you know you spend more time because you work there, too, but gym lockers are very strange to me. Some people, I think, are just like, find one, and they have to use the same one. I don't know if they mean to, so like, I'm with you. That seems creepy that the dude's doing that, but some people, I think, just go like, oh, this is my CD locker. people we're talking yeah. about. I feel like I'm a same locker guy, generally. There's not a lot of locker rooms that I've used a locker, but when I do, I feel like I usually try to get the same one. I will say, it's I've, awkward, though, when you come back in from showering or something, and you're the only two dudes in a big locker yeah. room, and you got to sit right next to each other. Yeah. And then it's like, do you engage the dude? You're both naked? I just, Matt and I do. I, I show him my penis. Right. <laughs> there it is. It's like, you cut, you go. bro? It's like, I'm a grower, man. Drink it in. <laughs> Um, Soak it in. <laughs> it's a blood, d- man. Not a meat. D- um, this happens regularly at my gym, and I get guys coming back in to grab stuff and we're in each other's space. Is there something psychological about this that people use the same lockers oh. every day despite crowding areas? 
I like to mix it up when I choose a locker for various reasons. Also, Matt, I love starting my day getting into the car and the radio's on right around when you're signing off. Reminds me of all your golden tips you give out. LARP on. Oh, thanks. Cool. Nice. That's dope email. Yeah. Um, gym etiquette in, we- in general is is weird in the way people behave in there. And it's uh, it's kind of like driving where it's like, this isn't going to get fixed anytime soon. I better just learn to live with it. I agree with that. Gym etiquette is not hard and fast. No. You know it, what I mean? It varies from gym to gym and city to city. And person to person. Yep. Like there are certain things I see people do that I'm like, I would never do that in a gym. But some people feel fine doing it. Like what? Uh, You know what? I saw somebody the other day take a phone call. In the locker room? No, in the gym. Were they standing by equipment? Uh, Standing next to the equipment. Mm, yeah. I just was like, I mean, if it's, a, but I don't work out in a huge gym. So right. I was just like, dude, like, I, I don't know if you should be doing that in here. Depends on how quick the call is, too. You know, a lot of this stuff kind of, you know, there's times and places. And yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, but there's definitely a lot of people that just have no idea on it. It's like, gee, that's not quote-unquote gym etiquette. That's like common human courtesy, it seems like, to me in a lot of cases, that people just don't have. Yeah, it's going to depend on the physical space inside that gym as well. You know what I mean? If there's a large waiting area where they can go and kind of hang out and it's they're sort of quiet off the corner, but like, Ted, where your gym, like, that's small enough. It's pretty intimate in there. Definitely not the spot. Like, you step outside for a phone call. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, ah, I wouldn't do that. The point is, don't let the fact that other people are going to be idiots stop you from reaching your fitness goals. Yeah, and don't mind the weirdo that is working out and never listens to music. No headphones. God, I know. That's serial killer shit, Definitely not plotting things. Nostrovia. Nostrovia. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All All the land. land. Thanks, Ted, for giving me your personal history on your experience with the term Nostrovia. Oh, nice. Uh, After your explanation of how you started using the word, it made more sense to me where it came from in my family. You said you learned it from your friend Ben's wife's family, which were Polish. Polish. As it turns out, my grandmother's on my... My grandmother on my dad's side was Polish. On my dad's side of the family is where I learned that way of saying cheers from. I never knew it was uh, from my own heritage until you answered my question a couple podcasts ago. So thank you again, Ted, and Nostrovia to you. LARP on, boys. Jamie. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you could send away for a, uh, you know, ans- a DNA test or whatever, or you could just send us an email, and I'll tell you where your family's from. <laughs> yeah. How do you say cheer? Forget about 23 and me. Yeah, right. Talk to us here at the podcast. One eight hundred podcast. Yeah, one eight hundred. Diagnose me. Uh, <laughs> we're like we're like WebMD. Yeah. We're free. Send us an email. God, just imagine if this if this was a call in show about like medical ailments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dude, you're fucking dying. Yeah, it's like, like it's car talk but for medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is he dying? Could be dying. Has the wart changed size? Yeah. <laughs> No matter what it is, I go, you know what? You're probably going to need a leg compression sock. <laughs> well, could he be sleeping or is he blue? <laughs> Man, what's with slamming on Popeyes and pancakes over there at the greatest podcast in all the land? All the way. I love Korean wings and waffles too, but damn. Actually, I think I found a new business for Cobb to start. West, win- uh, West Seattle's Wings and Waffles, an American taste of Korea. Any whore. Uh, any whore. Any whore. <laughs> any whore is invited. It literally says any whore. Oh, uh, get on a, in here. Here's a Jollibee story since you brought it up. I first heard about it from a Filipino friend of my brother's when I visited up here the first time. I lived in Inglewood back then. Uh, one night I was in Hollywood and happened to pass one, so I stopped in. Having maybe $3.67 uh, $3. to my name, the only thing I could afford was their egg rolls, options being veggie and meat. 
When asked what the meat was, the cashier read the options of egg rolls. When I asked specifically what meat was in the egg rolls, he said verbatim, oh, just meat. Disappointed yet intrigued, I opted for the just meat option. They were passable. Only time I've ever eaten at Jollibee's, though. I'm up to go again if you guys, if you gents have any suggestions. Till next time, take care and stay free. Bacon. <laughs> That's pretty funny, bacon. We have a what flavor of meat? Just meat. <laughs> Legally, we could call this meat. Uh, what's up to the greatest podcast in all the land? All, all the land. land. Long time listener, first time emailer. Uh, shout out to Cobb's Popcorn. If you haven't been, you should try to make it down. Uh, try the cheddar. Cobb, thanks for having the time to chat with me and my girl. Uh, as you guys have talked about before, it's a trippy experience recognizing someone's voice but not their face. Anyway, uh, thanks for the hours of entertainment. I must say uh, some of your conversations are, well, entertaining and funny, absolutely preposterous. <laughs> uh, and then you guys will hit on topics that open my mind greatly and encourage me to think deeper about the world around me. Ted, uh, I, as a member of the working class and now career union organizer, I personally would like to thank you for always standing up for organized labor. I'd love to have you out Thanks. to one of our union rallies to show your uh, show you worker power in Seattle. Uh, Matt, I don't own a plunger either. Cheers, mates. Nice. Bryce W. P.S. Let's consider a West Seattle meetup. Ooh. Well, we haven't done West Seattle yet, have we? We have not. There's a lot of good spots in West Seattle. There are. There are a lot of good spots, but it's tough to get to <laughs> from the north. It is. Not too bad from the south. No, because you can come up through Burien. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, not a... Oh, what about... Uh, no, okay. Yeah, we could... Never mind. I was just thinking of that awesome burger place down in uh, White Center. I can never remember the name of it, though. Do Zippies. It. Zippies. It. Zippies? Zips? That Matt's on it. Yeah, Zippies. Yeah. Zippies. Yeah. Zippies is awesome. Yeah, and then is Zips the one over in Spokane? That has like five locations, like their version of Dick's? Maybe. Maybe. But there's a Dick's in Spokane, too, that's yeah. not related to our Dick's. What's the... In Sam Burgers in Yeah, Seattle. those are blood Dick's and we got meat Dick's. No, other way around. <laughs> What's the barbecue place right over there? In West Seattle? No, in Georgetown. We were oh, just Airport at, Way. Jack's. Jack's. I just had the ribs this weekend. but um, Oh, yeah. They got a big space. And that is just food. That is a big space. Yeah. That's a, yeah, but that place is a little pricier. Okay. You know what? I don't know. I'll look into it. Because we were in Tacoma, right, for the last one. West Seattle. And we, if we did like the middle of a day on like a Saturday or something, hear me out. I'm just spitballing here. And keep in mind, I am 100% sober. Okay. River float. You're on the river float. Could we do a brunch or is that too bougie? Could we be brunching? Brunching? Man. I don't know, man. I feel like, all right, this is going to sound like this is going to sound like it's judgmental, but it's not. I feel like we got a lot of night walkers who listen, like you, Ted. Yeah, you're a night that's walker, fair. dude. Like you're not getting up at nine a.m. to drive for an hour to get. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. And Matt, all, obviously a night walker. Yeah, big time. And also um, brunch. Like I, we get, we have decent sized turnouts to these things. I don't know many brunch places that yeah. would that would accommodate that a would party be dope, of ourselves. Though. I mean, like, like right. we need to cater our own brunch. No joke. All waffles. If it went off though, <laughs> that would be dope. Yeah. What about one of the things where you make your own waffle? Yeah. Yeah, could we just rent out, like, the breakfast room of a Holiday Inn and have people make their own (laughs) waffles? That'd be awesome. (laughs) I mean, it's Try to host a waffle bar, get together. (laughs) One in the afternoon. You might be onto something. Open bar. Right, between the three of us, like, we know a bar or something. I mean, somewhere we could host a brunch. And, like, look, it doesn't even have to be a super brunch, right? You you got an omelet and a waffle, brunch enough. Dude, I'll say this, though. That thing goes late. I'll just tell you right now, like we're not getting out of there till 
three to five. Well, that is the issue. I'm probably going to take off the fall on Monday if we're going to do a brunch. <laughs> yeah, if we're brunching, because then, like, at least when we do them late, like, there's kind of like a natural cutoff where it's like, oh, all right, it's late. Like, let's head on. Like, brunching, like, that's when you're going to see me just light it up. <laughs> Champagne. It's like, cops full send at this point. There's no shutting them down. We got to drag them out. I feel like that's dangerous. I just want it to be like 3.30 on a sunny Sunday. And I'm like, and it's me going, Kyle, we should get out of here. Like, I'm finishing this game of cornhole, Ted. All right, Doug. We can do it. We can do it. Oh, we were right about zips versus zippies, by the way. Nice work, boys. Nice. Yeah, that's excellent. Such a wealth of misinformation after all. Uh, one more? Yeah. You know what? Also, too, man, there's, West Seattle is so simple, and I love West Seattle. We might just... It might not be an official meetup. We might just be like, hey, we're over here hanging out one day. Come over, say hi. Follow I'd us li- on Twitter. I'd like a summer evening hangout. Yeah. See, I feel like that would be dope. We just go post up, and it's like, it's not a meetup. It's just whatever. If you want to come hanging out beers, cool. If not, we'll sit there and have beers. You know? Yeah, we'll have like I a like real. I like those not, you know. Yeah, we'll not have a real meetup. Are, I mean, ours are all pretty casual, but I'm talking about you, and even less casual. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, gents? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. No, like, you know what I mean, right, though. Right, like, yeah, less like, casual. Yeah, we're talking like an official meetup. It's like it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out in a bar in hoodies. Like, what? What the official about this? <laughs> you got jeans on and a pair of sandals, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we're so posh, boys. <laughs> we are. What have we become? Oh, man. <laughs> What's up, gents? I've been catching up on tons of episodes and hear you guys talk a lot about the history of Tacoma and Seattle, uh, architecture, etc. Been on several tours put on by Pretty Gritty Tours uh, here in Tacoma. I was uh, first introduced to them when we were working on building a Ludo Sport. Uh, they do a walking, oh, nice. walking tour on South Tacoma Way right outside the gym. Uh, this is Drew, by the way. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I was able to join in and learn a lot about uh, the strip Ludosport is on. Since then, I've gone on tours with my wife and friends. They're always interesting and fun. I know you guys would enjoy uh, joining in on some of them some of the time. Uh, they do tours including beer stops, food stops, etc. One I'm eyeing right now is their sweets tour. Uh, their website is prettygrittytours.com, and their Facebook page has events listed as well. LARP on, brothers. Drew Brokenshire. What's up, Drew? I'll see you on yeah. Saturday. That's what uh, uh, those three women were going to after our meetup. They were going to do the, the stadium tour, stadium high school, for like the 10 things I hate about you tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would okay. love to tour stadium high school. That'd be dope. I nice. just got invited, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but to tour a container ship. Oh. Yeah, well, it's in town, a brand new one. So that'd be pretty cool. Huh. By somebody who works at the company. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed that it pans out, but it'd be pretty dope. Those things are absurd. Or you'll never come back. <laughs> yeah, dude, if I get Shanghai, I get Shanghai, bro. Like, I'll be fine in Asia. This is life now. <laughs> this is my life now. I work below deck on a cruise ship, on a uh, container, container ship. ship. I haven't seen the light in three years. I could see it. <laughs> oh, All right. Is that good on emails? Yeah. All right, let's check in with Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt hey, hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. Well, I was having a lot of difficulty recalling this weekend, so you could tell it was 420. Um, <laughs> Friday night, uh, yeah, Friday night was uh, pretty chill. Lance came over when I woke up, and we went down to... See if we could go to Battle Mania. Battle Mania was very much sold out. So we went to where uh, Ted was, the Blarney Stone next door. Yep. Hung out there. Saw Ted talking to the guy from 
Uh, Newcastle? Manchester. Manchester, damn it. Manchester, about cricket. Ted went over to see Miggs wrestle. Lance and I played some pool, met a guy that was like, came in, Asian dude, really friendly, but like gave us a lot of advice when we were playing pool. And then, so we, I thought he was like a shark. He was going to be a really, and then like we finished, I went, he wants to play me. And I was like, oh man, okay. I thought you were here to meet someone that actually plays pool with the way that he's like right there and like telling us what to do. And then I play him. He wasn't very good. <laughs> I beat him. <laughs> I was like, all right. Like you can see the way he was hitting the ball. Wait, no finesse. I know pool is a finesse game. I suck at having finesse when I play pool. But he was just blasting things. So um, that was fun. Then we went over to um, what's it called? Kearns, the the bar in the show box. Correct. Yeah, and met Laser, who gave me some ribs from Jacks, which were just phenomenal. Yep. Shout out to Jax again. We talked about them before. They deserve it. Um, and and to Laser, that guy was awesome. Thanks for introducing me. Yeah, man, um, great dude. Yeah, you should, you give me ribs from from Jax. I'll be your friend real quick. I know when uh, I got in there, he was eating them, and he's like, "They're really good." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And then he's like, "Oh, they're from Jax." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, you don't say." Um, so yeah, that was pretty much that night. That was pretty chill. Um, and then Saturday was four twenty. But first, before the four twenty festivities started, I came here to give a talk on nutrition and fitness for uh, young people affected by MS, uh, including a lot of you know young people that actually have it. And so that was uh, a fun opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, like most of my fitness and nutrition principles of like taking, you know, taking control of what you can control and, you know, really focusing on what you can and will do and then actually doing that consistently and kind of mapping that out for yourself um, seemed beneficial based on the research I found about, you know, exercise and nutrition as it applies yeah. to MS. So I kind of tried to make it more about them as humans, not so much about this disease that they're all affected by, because it's just, you know, like being like, yeah, you know, move more and get fruits and vegetables and protein and water, like, just seems like a good thing for humans. Um, but a lot of the hyper, like hypercaloric Western foods aren't, shown to be the best for that. So I was like, yeah, so, you know, all that stuff. And I listed off, like, you know, high salt, high fat, you know, all the, you know, all the processed, like, characteristics that might be shown to contraindicate MS and worsen symptoms. I was like, but most people probably don't need to be eating a ton of that stuff anyways. And, like, instead of focusing on avoiding that, find your three favorite fruits, vegetables, and protein sources and get really good at eating those regularly or whatever. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a really cool opportunity. Thanks to Taryn for, uh, you know, providing me with the, the opportunity to go help them out, uh, hopefully. And so that was fun. Uh, real quick, Cobb, I'm leaving work. And I said, Taryn, I said, Lance and Matt don't have tickets. They're going to come meet us. And she said something. Like, I don't know. It's those two guys. They'll be up all night. And she kind of spins around in her chair and it's like, they're going to be out partying. I was like, yeah, man, it's Matt and Lance. They always have stories about playing cribbage at like three in the morning or something, right? So then I see Matt later, because when he first showed up, he's very nice. But I basically had to blow him off, because Steve's a, Miggs is about to wrestle. So I'm like, I'm really sorry, guys, but like, I got to run in there. So then I, when I run into him again, I go, Matt, like you guys seem really subdued tonight. And he's like, yeah, I got that MS symposium thing. And I was like, my bad. I think I got you in trouble with the boss, Taryn. <laughs> he's like, what? And I go, Yeah. I can just imagine you're I, emphatic, I, like, yeah, it's Matt and Lance. What do you right, think? Right, I know. And then when I'm looking at Matt, I'm just like, I am a fucking idiot. 
Yeah, no, I was laying low Friday night. It's like a sitcom script. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they, they those two couldn't have been more chilled. It's like, you, you can ask Matt. You could see the brain, like, it focusing in, like, yep, yep, got you in trouble for no reason there. <laughs> so Three under the bus, unnecessarily. Right. Unnecessarily. I didn't clarify with her the next day either. Like, also, I feel I, fine. I got a full eight hours last night. I texted her in the morning <laughs> when I was funny. watching cricket. I was like, hey. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so that was great. Um... I was dressed like a fucking idiot for it, too, but I think it helped the turnout, but I was just wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt with a uh, um, shirt underneath of Vincent Van Gogh, smoking a joint because I look like Vincent Van Gogh, and it says, go hard or go home, Um, and then, like, shorts, because I was going golfing afterwards, so I was like, oh, I'll dress up for golf, and, you know, that was what I went with. And so you rolled in for the symposium? The symposium, like bright blue Hawaiian shirt, blue shorts, Van okay. Gogh shirt underneath. Um, yeah, and yeah, they were like, that's Matt. He'll be giving the talk in the green room on fitness and nutrition. I was like, hey, guys. Um, but so then I went golfing with my buddy for 420. The newest tradition, the 420 Masters, starring me and my friend Riley. And uh, we smoke a bowl of hole and um, have a great time. But... That was our plan, and we both forgot lighters <laughs> for the front nine, so it was a uh, vape pen a hole. I mean, we both brought vape pens, luckily, so, like, if I lost a hole, we'd both hit mine. If he lost a hole, we'd both hit his. If we drew, we'd both hit both. So oh, my God. It got... I couldn't even... It got... One hole, Ted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just sitting on my couch, and he texts me, bubble hole, like, we forgot a lighter. <laughs> I'm at the turn, and I literally just text him back, "Fucking stoners!" <laughs> as, right as I'm like smoking this "quote unquote" blunt. <laughs> so that was my 420. Forgot a lighter for the front nine of the bowl hole, um, but still managed to get plenty high. Ran and got a lighter at the turn, um, and just had an awesome day. We were out on Jefferson, and um, it was just a lot of fun to get out there. Um, and the weather was awesome, and then. Like Saturday was nice. Yeah, Actually, we, both days were. Yeah, it was awesome. So then we tied, and then we went to the driving range after. They have a virtual driving range where it's like a real driving range that you're hitting with flags and everything, but you can set up this screen to do like long drive competitions or closest to the flags. They're real flags out on a real driving yeah, range. Yeah, like top golf. But it'll track your ball. Yeah, so we had a, you know, like a, a one-off with that. For, we were playing with those for an hour to determine the winner and – Riley won on some bullshit at the end, but it's fine. It was a good time. Uh, and then that was – then I was just exhausted after that. Um, went home, relaxed, made some food, and went to bed. And then Sunday was Easter. Went over to the parents and had a low-key Sunday to, to cap it all off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're all asking about golf, and I'm just like, it was great, you know. I uh, had a lot of fun <laughs> seeing my old friend, and, you know, it's a fun game. Yeah, like yeah, all the all the details you don't want to hear about are the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, golf. Yeah, so awesome weekend. Uh, yeah, I went up and actually had uh, an Easter lunch with the uh, the family of groups. Saw that. <clears throat> yeah, empty shell restaurant, pretty delicious. Buckle Teal. I got in there first. Hey, I've been up early these days, so I get in there first. Nobody's there, so there's like there's like it's a newer restaurant. I didn't know this, so I was like, I don't want to sit at the table by myself. I'll just sit at the bar and get a beer. Did you rent a car or? I Ubered up, and then uh, uh, Joe brought me back. Oh, I gotcha. So I get in there, and I order a beer, and the girl's like, she seemed shook that I ordered a beer. And she's like, uh, I'll get it for you. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, 
how long have you guys been open? She's like, the restaurant just opened in January. We've only had this liquor license for like a few days. It's <laughs> oh, like wow. nobody was even sure how to ring it in yet. I was like, all right, no worries. <laughs> but it was very delicious. Uh, what was going to say? Deviled eggs, oysters, and they had potato skins that had clam chowder on it and then covered in cheese. Ooh, that sounds bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Table. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. I feel like the group's not out of brunch. They do. Strong, strong crowd. Strong crowd. Yeah, it's a good brunch. All right, I guess it's, guess it's about that time. Boo, ba doo, ba doo, boo, boo. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. I got some options for you guys. You guys want the long one or the short one today? Long question. Is it a setup? Uh, we'll go long. Ted? He's going long. Okay, go long. Um, the long one is what conspiracy theory do you believe to be true? And what evidence led you to this conclusion? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's well, it's not really a conspiracy theory because it was uh, proven in civil court pretty convincingly, according to the the accounts of the reporter that actually went there. It was railroaded by the mainstream media. But I read the guy that actually went and saw the civil court saying that the government, the civil court case saying that the government killed Martin Luther King Jr., which in a civil case, the burden of proof is lower um, and it you couldn't criminally prosecute the government anyway so you couldn't have a criminal case anyways but um yeah the the government killing martin luther king jr because what he was uh trying to accomplish seemed seemed pretty like that happened based on uh the rabbit hole that i went down for a couple weeks there because rage against the machine sings about it in one of their songs yeah that's fair yeah i believe that even when you talk about kennedy right yeah, I, yeah, I have questions about that, but I haven't done the research. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I think I believe that, but I don't have the. I went all the way down it. The the one I'm a big fan of that I think we're seeing a recurrence of right now is uh, is certain levels of the government putting drugs into certain areas. So when you have the crack cocaine epidemic of the '80s, like, and this goes back to a movie I saw called American. American, is it American Drug War? Talk about the Iran-Contra affair. Right. So Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky, Ricky Ross, Ross yeah. right? Like I've, you've heard me say this before, but he was like, look, we cooked it into crack. Like we murdered people. Like I, I'm in jail for that. There's no denying. But he's like, I didn't own planes. I didn't get the product here. Right. But he knew some of the Contra people. Right. So how does this big time drug dealer know all these people? Like how's he running in these same circles? And he even freely admits like we couldn't get the cocaine here. I didn't own planes. Somebody else got it to us. And then we cooked it up into crack. And, you know, so he doesn't take away his part in it, but he's just like, look, I didn't get it here. Well, I mean, in all, in all fairness, the way you're explaining that, anybody could have flown it. Just because he didn't fly it here doesn't mean the government flew it here. No, but, but he also I'm, knows other characters involved in the, con- in the Iran-Contra stuff that are also involved in this. Yeah, Also, yeah. when you look at, like— I'm with you, and the CIA not- was flying it in. I'm yeah, just right. saying— So then the right now we're going down. through, like, the back half of this, right? So Afghanistan was not always this massive producer of opium, and now it has been in the last— I don't know, 14 years? Yeah. How long we've we been there? Right. So at the same time that our army, again, is occupying a space where there's a bunch of opium to be made. and Take issue with your use of the word we. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is all of a sudden, all these prescription, like as people were getting, we loosened the, the laws on op- prescription opiates, right? Yep. So now a lot of people hooked on heroin aren't people that have childhood trauma or nothing else. They're people that had an s- injury got hooked on a synthetic opiate, yep. but at the same time, now a country that we occupy, or the United States occupies, now our streets are flooded with not only good heroin, but it's cheap. 
So like the white kids in the suburbs now don't mind snorting heroin. And it's like that 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 to me is what we're going through now. So it's almost like we did again with in the in the in the era of the eighties. So now we have all these people strung out all over the you know, especially on the coast, these you know, or little towns in the Midwest. Like these people are all strung out and they're switching to heroin. So I now, didn't know that heroin was big right now. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What's is it just sort of like a known thing that it's cheap? Isn't and, it a national crisis? Like I don't know how that officially gets thrown around. But, but is it right. like a kind of a known thing that it's like cheap and widely available right now or something? Yeah, that again, that started like like 10, 15 years ago. Because it used to be heroin like Oh, you know, I, yeah, I talked with a couple of our friends who are EMTs a little bit about this, and they said there's been a lot of opioid overdoses. They didn't say heroin, but I guess that probably was assumed. But it used to be like and I forget where I'm getting this from, but it used to be somebody that was on the street that was shooting up heroin. Like you could almost guarantee that they were molested as a kid, like something horrible happened to them, right? So they're on this, they're on this path Trauma. to just numb everything. Yep. But nowadays, we have you go to a, you go to a treatment center. If there's ten dudes sitting in a circle, nine of them got hooked because they broke an arm. You know what I mean? Like they're not. We're not dealing with the same kind of junkie we used to. Now we're almost growing them. Yeah, dude. I will say this: like I've had. Um, what the heck did I have? I had some sort of surgery and I had Vicodin. I don't remember what it was for. And I took one of them and I think I was supposed to take like three a day or something. I took one of them and I remember being like, oh, wow, my whole body feels really good. I could see how people get hooked on opioids. Luckily, like for whatever reason, it just doesn't have that much appeal to me personally, but you can totally see it. It's like, oh, yeah, everything is just sort of like rose colored glasses and your body feels great. Like, especially if. You know, I've been reading a lot about neurochemistry and especially like if you're really lighting up those receptors and it's like the best and easiest way to do it and you're wired in a way where – I want to say it's your basal ganglia. I don't know. You're wired in a way where like that's going to be really desirable to you in the future. Yeah, you can totally see how just chemically it just takes over somebody's system. Right. Well, that's the other thing too is that like for a lot of people – you know, like even I was one of these people like 15 years ago. I would argue with people like, well, it can't be that dangerous. They wouldn't just hand them out. Now we find out, like, yeah, doctors were just handing them out. Because the oh, yeah. drug companies, first of all, paid a bunch of lobbyists to change the laws. There's yep. a reason this stuff didn't exist in the 80s, because the government was smart enough to go, we shouldn't sell this. Yep. That's yeah. Part so, of the problem with de- deregulation. Right. So now it became legal, and it's like, right, a lot of people, like, you're not wrong. Like, you, this stuff is highly addictive. You took some. Your doctor prescribed it. So then in your mind, you go, even if it's a Saturday afternoon, you're like, well, this isn't a street drug. Like, I got it from my doctor. It can't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I see both sides. You know, there's some responsibility. It's one of those death by a thousand paper cut scenarios. Um, And for what it's worth to people, um, I'm not necessarily pro or against deregulation. It's industry specific. But yeah, it's one of those death by a thousand paper cuts. things. Hmm. like the doctor is partially responsible. The patient is partially responsible because like they, they have some responsibility in this too. The pharmaceutical companies, obviously, the salespeople at the pharmaceutical companies share part of that burden of responsibility. The lobbyists for those um, for those drug companies, the politicians who allow that legislation. Like there's multiple fail safes, and everyone at some level within that system abdicated their responsibility. And enough people did it. It's actually really similar to the um, the housing crisis. Now I think all the adjustable rate mortgages. They, I was just about me and my brother used to get in this argument all the time because I used to hold the point of like, hey. If you only make a certain amount of money a year, you know you can't afford a $500,000 home. But my brother made a good point, too. He's like, right, but you're, we're told in this country, like, trust the banks, trust this, trust yeah. that. Yep. And they were just handing out these loans. So people, I think, I, I don't know, I go back and forth. I think it's on each, like half and half. But also, like, mm-hmm. 
you're told to trust your doctor. You know, so people. You brought that back nicely, dude. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's a guy sitting behind a desk with a suit telling you that you can afford a jumbo mortgage. And I mean, he's not wrong. You can afford it until the payments go up, you know. So, but you got to remember, too, like it's in his best interest because he's going to just take that loan and sell it off and make, you know, five grand that day or whatever. So, yeah, perverse incentives. Uh, Man, that's a difficult, difficult piece of capitalism because. It's tough to throw out the baby with the bathwater. But, yeah, you're certainly right, and those are almost the exact same crisis. I mean, it's an abdication of professional responsibility, but each person within that chain is incentivized to do what they did. And so really it comes down to, like, you know, like their personal economics. And I think if we all look at our lives, there are times when we are incentivized against something against something that maybe is better for the common good, i.e. drinking out of a small plastic water bottle. You know, like when we could walk to the the sink and fill up a cup or, or whatever, and there's little things like that, you know, throughout our life that, I don't know, man. It, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's almost gets down to like a fabric of society type level, you know, and what the ethos of the society we're in is. I, yeah. Damn, Ted Smith. You just rocked me. I like it. <laughs> when, when it comes to blindly talk, trusting doctors, that's kind of something that I did when I be- became a personal trainer. It's like, oh, I learned from people a doctor in front of their names because they're more trustworthy than another trainer somewhere else or whatever. They, they know their stuff. Well, boy, do uh, doctors have very differing opinions on mm-hmm. the human body and how to load it and exercise it. And... Like, literally contradicting each other. Like, just straight across, like, on on a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. So, um, I just take that for what it's worth. I don't know how general practitioners and specialists work and all that sort of stuff. But, like, in the realm of, like, I like to learn from doctors that got their doctorate in physical therapy and have a strength emphasis in their application of it. And within that specific type of doctor, I've heard a lot of conflicting ideas on how you should structure a program and get someone to to do exercising. Yeah. I mean, look, I could also sit here. I got to wrap it up. But I could sit here and make the argument the doctor is basically just the street level dude. And the real problem is the the, the pharmaceutical companies. But on the same token, I'm just saying that's a huge thing. I think for a lot of people, especially, I mean, I can remember even just 10 years ago, like it wasn't a big deal. Like people would just be like. Yeah, like that's what we do on Friday. We have a couple of these pills and share a bottle of wine. You know, like people are like, well, I get them from my doctor. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And dude, never I'm, forget, yeah. the reason street drugs are illegal is because they work. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I had this weird flashback just when you said that. That's like one time we were at like a um, we were at like a nightlife thing that, well, we were at the, the hookah lounge that I right. uh, worked at and- um, these girls come in and they were super sexy. They were kind of like they almost had like a stripper vibe, but they weren't strippers. I don't think we were all like dancing, whatever. Late, and this girl's like, "Hey, do you want to go to my car with me? I need to get something." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, of course." So we go out to her yeah, no car. Worries. Get this yeah, dick. we go out to her car, and like it was like a couple blocks away. We go out to her car. My friends are still inside drinking, whatever. The place is closed up for the night, and I literally watched her free base like. Um, what the heck is that stuff called? Um, Percocet? Oxycontin? No, Oxycontin. Yeah, yeah I watched her free base, base wow. Oxycontin, and we were just in like this little Honda Civic, and I was like, 
Okay, little little too ratchet for me. <laughs> little too real. Like yeah. it like pulled me out of my my drunk, and I was like, "All right, that's it for you tonight, Cobb. Shut her down." Yeah, I've been to one place like that, and this was I, I don't even know the dudes that I was there. And we with. dated for three years. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I just went into one place and literally like, they, like a guy had like a whole thing, and like basically they were drug dealers, and the guy had like a whole thing of prescription drugs, and I was like, I thought we were coming here to get some weed. I mean, this is weird. And then same thing, they weren't smoking pills. Though. I think they were smoking legit like heroin. Like off the foil. Whoa. And I, I didn't know walk- suburban. Yeah, go ahead. And I just walked out of there and I was like, don't ever bring me to that house again. Like, what are you yeah, thinking, dude, man? Come on. Like, I thought we were going to like your buddy, you know, Steve's house to pick up a nug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your drug dealer friend from high school or whatever. Yeah, like that guy's a real drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, yeah. All right. I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, good episode, boys. Uh, 257. Bacon was worried. We just didn't have an episode. He goes, is everything okay? You guys weren't on last week. Oh, I yeah, like, yeah, I forgot man. to tweet it. I was like, Cobb was out of town. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't tweet it. That's why he's asking. I was like, yeah, dude, Cobb was just out of town. We just didn't do it. He's like, all right, cool. So don't worry, Bacon. We're, we're, we're here. We Gucci, baby. Went long today, too. <laughs> all right, for MCTP, for Cobb and me, Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers.